The rest of you, you can open your Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew, and I'll tell, I'll direct you where to go once we get there, but we're going to start there. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Open our eyes and ears to hear what the Spirit says through the word, your word, and help us to cooperate, to submit, to acknowledge your lordship in our lives, and to make ourselves available. Teach us how to trust you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. So before we dive into the scriptures, I want to put this poster back up, my notes, and reiterate to you where we've been, where we're going, and we've been talking about discipleship, we've been talking about what it means to be a Christian, and basically taking a a couple of weeks here to just look at fundamental, basic Christianity. And you're learning that um, the church is not the building. We are the church, the individuals who are the called out ones who are called out to follow Jesus and walk with him. And so I put this up here. For those of you who are in the back or on the side and you can't quite see, it says, fool, fan, follower, fisher of men, and friend. And so we're talking about the fact that um, we've, we find ourselves and we find people a long way from Jesus. They have they don't know Jesus. They're apart from Jesus. And maybe you'd say they're negative 15. And Jesus, God so loved the world that he sent his son Jesus. Jesus came preaching and teaching the gospel so that men might know him and move them toward making a commitment of trust to Jesus and then moving into an ever-deepening relationship that never stops growing and never stops learning, never stops maturing until we see him face to face. So every human being is somewhere in this continuum of a fool. The scripture says in Psalms, it says, The fool says in his heart there is no God. So at one time I was in that place. At one time some of you were in that place. And... um Somewhere along the continuum, you started to move and you heard more about Jesus. And so we're talking about moving toward becoming a fisher of men and a friend to the place where we go from saying there is no God to not only saying there is a God, but I know Him, I love Him, I obey Him, let me point you to Him. And so... In the Gospel of Matthew, just a quick overview. We're looking at the big picture of what it means to be a disciple, what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And I just want to keep reiterating, it has little or nothing to do with showing up on a, at a building on a Sunday morning. Okay? That's, that can be religious. You can be religious. You could be spiritual and do that. But to be a follower of Jesus... It's about participating in what Jesus invited us and and commanded us to do. Go and make disciples. And so in the Gospel of Matthew, 
We are not going to go through Jesus' birth and all in the introduction of Jesus to the world, but we're going to pick up when Jesus, after his temptation in the desert in Matthew chapter 4. So if you could turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 4. This is after he returns from his temptation, 40 days, 40 nights. And it says in Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and they followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee and his brother John. They were in the boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. So there's some time in your life, some time in my life, maybe it hasn't happened yet, where you will make a decision to move from not knowing Jesus to knowing Jesus and then growing up and finding out what it is that you have become when you become a Christian. So a Christian is one who's constantly learning what it is that they've become when they've become a Christian and who it is they're following, Jesus. And we make lots of blanket assumptions about the journey and we get lulled into some place along the journey and we park it there. And so maybe at one time you recognize, I was a fool, I was far from God, I even cursed God. And then I started moving. I became a fan. I watched from a distance. That's what fans do. They watch from a distance, but they're not engaged. They're not involved. As we mentioned last week, they even pay not to be involved. Think about that. There's people today that go to buildings on Sunday mornings, and they pay not to be involved. They pay so that other people will do ministry, so that other people will go. Now, the Holy Spirit will decide and he, He'll let you know where you're at along the continuum, but He loves you so much. He loves you right where you are, but He loves you too much to leave you there. He wants to move you into the ever-deepening relationship with Himself, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, so that you are a friend of God and you know it and He knows it. And so in Jesus met these disciples and he began to call to them and he said, follow me. So just reiterate quickly, he, a follower is one who's not so far off as a fan, but a follower is inching closer, building some community, building some intimacy and beginning to participate. But followers are pretty intimidated being asked to do what they've been watching be done right so there's going to be some uncomfortableness there's going to be some things in your life as you move to Jesus and he draws you into relationship and you've been you've been there and I've been there when you're sitting around a dinner table and you're you're going to visit friends or family and you're thinking oh I just you know what maybe it's Christmas and you want to bring up why are we really here today you know celebrate Jesus birthday or Thanksgiving time, just ask people what they're thankful for and move that conversation or move that individual into a place of questioning. And so that's where the, the follower is starting to recognize that need to point to Jesus. So the fisher of men, here's what Jesus said to these guys, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. 
So there's a process by which you move from a fool, a fan, a follower, to a fisher of men, to a friend. So there's this movement along this continuum more and more into intimacy with Jesus. And if you turn in Matthew chapter 9, so we have to just quickly paraphrase. If you go from chapter 4 and you were just let your eyes read through the pages quick, you'll see the titles, Jesus Taught. He was teaching His disciples. He was teaching the multitudes. He was teaching them. And He was demonstrating. He was showing them, involving them, engaging them in what He was sent to do. Preach the Gospel. Heal the sick. Find those who are lost. Bring them home. And so as you go through, you see Him doing that and you see His disciples watching Him do that. And then you come to chapter 9. And again, we're just cherry-picking some of these passages just to get the big picture. I'm going to start in chapter 9, verse 35. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. He was doing that when He first called those men, and now He's still doing that as they walked with Him. When he saw the crowds, he felt compassion because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Well, so Jesus is saying, I'm not going to just do this. I'm going to invite you guys to do it. You guys to participate. You who maybe look at yourself as, oh, I'm a follower of Jesus. Did you know that you are also to have followers of Jesus, that you're pointing them to Jesus? You're engaged with other people who are in anywhere in the continuum. They might even be close to where you're at, but you're just going to be a sign point, point pointing to Jesus, helping them move further on their way to Jesus. And so he asked these guys, get involved. So then we come to chapter 10. And it says that he called his disciples to himself, and now he's going to send them out. And he's sending them out to do just what he had been doing for the first season of time there. Maybe it's been a year, almost two years. He's been walking with them, going from town to town. So it, sometimes you just it was just graphic to me as I studied this week, reading through discipleship and what it means to be a disciple and what it means to be a disciple maker. What uh, what church has become sometimes? Church has become a building that you go to and you watch one guy or gal do ministry. And But we're the church. The church is the people. The church is those who are engaged in following Jesus and learning to trust Him. So... My job as the pastor, as we looked last two weeks ago in Ephesians, prepare God's people for works of service. So to equip the saints to do ministry. And then I'm going, wait, that's exactly what Jesus was doing. He was equipping these followers to become fishers of men so that they would do exactly what he was doing when he left. And so in chapter 10, he called his disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. These are the names of the twelve, and it gives the names of the twelve disciples. This says in verse 5, these twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. 
Do not go among the Gentiles and enter any town of Samaria. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel, and as you go, preach the message, the kingdom of God is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, freely you have received, freely give. Do not take any gold or silver or copper in your belts. Take no bag for your journey, or an extra tunic, or sandal, or staff, for the worker is worth his keep. Whatever town or village you enter, search for some worthy person. And the Gospel of Luke, in the same passage, calls that person a person of peace. And I just want to stop for a second that in your life right now, and in my life right now, there's people that are people of peace that God is preparing. He's drawing them to himself, and he wants you to be aware of that. He wants you to be able to look. Where's this person of peace in my life right now, in my realm of influence? It may be a young person. It may be an older person. It may be a person about the same age. It may be a co-worker. It may be a relative. But God is at work drawing people to himself. But he wants to use you and I as his hands and feet to cooperate with him in the job of rescuing people who are lost and drawing people who are far from him to him. And so there's these people in your life who will be responsive when you begin to say, hey, can I pray for you? Or, hey, have you heard about Jesus? Or they might ask you, you know, I've noticed that you carry a Bible sometimes or I've seen you pray. Can you tell me a little bit about that? So we need to be keeping our antennas up, paying attention to people that God is at work in their lives. And God wants to do the same thing through you that he's done for you. Somehow you ended up where you're at in your journey with Jesus. Other people came into your life and they pointed and they pushed and they prodded and they shared and they taught and they encouraged and they prayed. And so now where you're at, Jesus wants to help you do the same thing with others to lead them along closer to their own walk with Jesus. It says in verse, um, keep reading here, in verse 11, whatever town or village you enter, search for some worthy person and stay there in the house until you leave. As you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest there. If not, let your peace return to you. And this is just about relationships there. There's going to be people that don't accept the message of Christ. You know what? It says to move on. But the people that do accept the message of Christ, even the smallest little bit, if they're kind to you, if they're gracious to you, there continue to plant some seeds. Stay there. Remain there. Linger there. Wait on the Lord. God, help me to do this. But if people are resistant and they're rejecting the gospel, then you can move on to the next field, the next place to sow some seed. I tell you the truth, for those who reject, it says, you leave there, shake up dust off your feet. I tell you the truth, it will be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town or those individuals. I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore be as shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves. Be on your guard against men. They will hand you over to the local councils and flog you in their synagogues. On my account... You will be brought before governors and kings and witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. 
But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say. Because if you're in a relationship with Jesus, you know what to say. You'll know what to say. You'll know what to say about his love and his goodness and his grace. Help people understand. And he will give you that by the power and the presence and the person of the Holy Spirit. For it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Now, somebody might go, well, I've never witnessed anybody any time. Well, then you need to look and say, are you still moving or are you stuck? And have you been stuck for some time in your relationship? And I, I was thinking for some reason, I was thinking, I know that uh, spring training, not spring training, but what do you call your football season that's coming up? Captain's practice, right? There's a couple weeks maybe of what we used to call captain's practice where before the season starts and the coach can actually officially, he can be there, but uh, he's got to be careful of what he can and can't do because the, the regulations on, on coaching, they don't want anybody to get ahead of somebody else. So, But they have captain's practice where the, some of the leaders on the team can go and hold the practice and begin to teach. And so, But it's about practicing. It's about applying what you've known and moving forward. And so if uh, maybe you've never stepped out and you, you've felt the, the angst or the earnestness to witness to somebody, but you've never done that. You've been on the phone with somebody and you never prayed with them and you felt like you wanted to pray with them. It's about practicing. It's about recognizing that everybody starts in that place and you begin to step out one step at a time, and you find out that God meets you right there. That's what he's talking about. He's saying, don't worry about what to say. Just be willing and be available. Be available to allow God to love people through you. Be available to allow God to speak to people through you. And you'll see that God is at work. So the fisher of men, what he's doing is basically Jesus has them follow him. He's teaching them by example on a daily basis. And then it's time for them to cast their net. So the picture is that God has brought people into your life and into my life that he's drawing to himself. And you and I have the privilege to be used by God Almighty to help people come to know him. So he's asking you and I, cast your net, cast your line, become a fisher of men. Trust me to do what I said I would do. Trust me to do what I called you to do. What I sent my son, the father would say, I sent my son to seek and save that which was lost. He did that. He demonstrated that. Now that's what we should be doing as Christians. And if we get caught up twiddling our thumbs and we make no progress, it would be like going to captain's practice and just sitting on the sideline and just watching other people practice. And we're not doing anything. We're just spectators. We're just fans. But he involves, in, invites us to move forward. And as you go through Scripture, you see again and again that he calls them. Then you go from chapter 10 in Matthew, and you watch what happens, the unfolding, that Jesus continues to teach. He continues to preach. He continues to demonstrate that the kingdom of God is at hand. And then we've done this verse uh, last couple weeks. Matthew 28, you come to the end of the gospel. He calls his disciples together and he says, All authority has been given to me 
Now go and make disciples. And so that's what we're doing. We're not supposed to um, just make converts and check the box. A disciple is somebody who's going to follow Jesus and lead others to follow Jesus. They're, they become fishers of men, fishers of women, fishers of children. And that's what God wants to do in your life and He wants to do in my life. And so I was thinking about, as a church family, are we ready as a church family, in a sense, to take a next step and become a church that's outreaching church, to, to change, in a sense, to change our DNA, basically just to be who we're called to be, disciple makers, the hands and feet of Jesus in our community. So that we we've, we do that in many different ways. I'm not saying we don't. But I'm saying to continue to move forward. And it's my job as a pastor. I've been just under strong conviction. If, if I do this, if when it's time to pray, I'm the only one who prays. When it's time to preach, I'm the only one who preaches. When it's time to witness, I'm the only one who witnesses. I'm doing my people who I love and who God put in my life a grand disservice. A grand disservice. I'm handicapping you. And so that's where I need to learn. What does it look like? So it's scary for me. It's been scary for me to um, not know exactly, because I, I, for 10 years I preached and I knew exactly what I was going to preach and I knew exactly where I was going to go weeks and ahead of time because I was preaching through a book of the Bible. We went through 1 John. We went through the Gospel of John. We went through Ephesians. We went through Colossians. And so the Lord has me in this place of what is what do you know now, Chris? And it's not so much what do you do, what do I know, what are you going to do with what you know? And so teaching me to teach you to step out. And so that's that's where we're at. And we're I don't want to be a fan. I don't want to be a follower. I want to be a fisher of men and I want to be a friend. And it says Jesus told his disciples in Matthew or John when he was coming to the end of the time with them just before he went to the cross. He said, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I've obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. <coughs> you are my friends if you do what I command. And so his last command was go and make disciples. So you and I get to do, we're supposed to be about doing what Jesus did. And it, it's, like Carol had mentioned earlier, it's not about coming under some legalistic, I got to do, I got to do, I got to do. It's an invitation to walk with Jesus and trust Him with the people you love, the people He's putting in your life, people that I don't know that only you know, and the people I know that you don't know. And Jesus has them in our lives so that they can come to know Him. That's what He's doing. He wants to move people into a relationship with Him and then move them to a place where they are doing that in the lives of other people. And that means we have to kind of move ourselves. We have to let some things go. 
So one of the things to let go is that church is a spectator sport. That church is a building. And let that go and say church is the individual people who are in love with Jesus, who are following Jesus, who are bumping up against other followers of Jesus and lovers of Jesus, and we're doing our best to have each other's back as we look out toward lost people and point to Jesus. And you say, this is what I'm discovering. I'm learning in this journey that he's trustworthy, he's dependable, he's faithful, and he keeps calling each of us up to more and more of what he has and who he is. So before we share the Lord's table, I just want to, again, you may be a little bit uncomfortable, but um, if anybody's here that for the first time, you can come up in the front with me. But we're going we're gonna to just find somebody, and we shared those prayer requests. We got Gaden this week. He's a very active man and has been active all his life. He's going to lose his leg. So we can pray for Gaden. Alvin dealing with the stroke. Cleon and Curtis in the move. And, and so those things we know about. Upcoming Awana. Things, so we're just going to take about five to ten minutes just to pray. And here's what I, I just want to remind you. We're just practicing doing what Christians should be doing. Praying for one another, praying for our families, praying for our marriages. So we're just going to um, gather in groups of two or three around the building, and then when you get there, well, I'll I'll remind us, tell you a couple more things. So have to stand up, go meet with somebody, say, hey, let's pray. Um, go find somebody to, to pray with, and then I'll uh, give the instruction. Um, so just uh, the not that this was going to happen every single Sunday, but we want to practice. We want to practice doing what Christians should do because we know that uh, we want to pray for people. We want to love on people. We want to share people with Jesus um, and to be able to point to him better and to be, I'm not sure if fear ever totally leaves. Okay, I've been at this for many years, and if you ask me to come with you to share with your cousin John, who doesn't know the Lord Jesus, I would be sweating the whole way. I'd be praying the whole way, and so um, it does tell us in the Bible, five hundred some odd times, do not be afraid, and it, and God knows that we get uncomfortable when we get pushed, but we can't we can't not do it. I mean, for the for to express the love of God to people who um, He loves, and to move forward with the reality of the gospel. We don't want to be just religious people who have no capacity to function as Christians. We want to be Christians, and we want to grow up in that. And so, as we close the time today, what we do is. Um, one Sunday a month, we share the Lord's table together. And so we'll do that at this time. And how we've done it here is uh, the the folks that are going to share the bread and the cup, they come up and then they'll distribute it and we'll share it all together. And so um, we know that this is based on when Jesus told his disciples, he said, do this in remembrance of me. 
This was um, my body was given up and my blood that was shed for the forgiveness of sin. And so we do this looking back to what Jesus accomplished on the cross. His finished work on the cross is the basis of our salvation. Not what we do, but what's been done for us because of God's love for us. That we were lost, that He sent His Son as a Savior who shed His perfect spotless blood. We cannot add to the finished work of Christ. We receive the finished work of Christ by faith. And Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me until the end of the age. And so when he was at the supper with his disciples, he took the bread and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and said, this is my body which is given for you and for all men. And so these men will pass the bread out and then they'll come back forward and we'll share the bread together.